0: Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team, we'll talk about your least favorite team, and everybody in between, and we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one visit capella.edu to learn more capella university don't just learn learn smarter the madhouse chicago hockey podcast postgame show is brought to you by triple threat sports Marishkas in crest hill chuck's southern comforts cafe rabid brewing in homewood illinois and by michael elwood of remax first service Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. That's right, disembodied voice, this is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post-game show. I am James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. Jay Zawoski partied so hard at our charity event at Rabbit Brewing the other night that he still hasn't fully recovered. Or he had some event tonight out in West Chicago and wasn't going to be home until 1130 at night or something. I don't know. It was one of those two things. But whatever the case is, I am here with you guys to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks 6-5 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. And unlike NBC Sports Chicago, hopefully we will not have any technical difficulties tonight in talking about what was actually a really... It was a game very reminiscent of what the Blackhawks were like at the very beginning of the season. There was a ton of scoring. There were a ton of really flashy, awesome plays made by both teams. But ultimately, there was only disappointment as the Blackhawks failed to get a point against their division rivals. Before we get too much further into this podcast, it's been... A few days at least since I've spoken to any of you guys. We did just have our big event out at rabbit Brewing on Tuesday night. Wanted to give a shout out to Ray and Mike and Tobias and everybody that was there. It was an absolutely awesome night. A lot of beers and a lot of good times were had. Congratulations to everybody who won prizes that night. And most importantly of all, so, so happy to be part of something that ended up raising nearly $4,000. For charity. It was an awesome night, really great turnout. So happy that everybody joined us. In fact, I am drinking an Azazel Juicy Double IPA from Rabbit Brewing right now. Bought a couple of Crowlers, as they call them there, and it's some good, good beer, guys. Very much enjoyed our evening. Thanks again to Rabbit Brewing and to all of the sponsors and teams and everybody that made that night such a rousing success. Now, With that formality out of the way, and with a beer firmly grasped in my hand, we're going to go through the list that I made of all of the stuff that was good and bad about that hockey game tonight. For those of you who did not get a chance to watch the game, the usual suspects were there for the Jets, scoring goals. Patrick Lyonet, who has been just on an absolute tear lately, had two more goals tonight, just absolutely a joy to watch play. One of the best players in the National Hockey League. One of the most fun guys to watch in the entire game. Uh, He had just an outstanding game. And he really has cemented himself as one of those guys that whenever he's on the ice, you better just lock your eyes on him because you're probably going to see something awesome. Nikolai Ehlers was the big contributor also for the Jets tonight. Ended up with a hat trick in the game apparently they give away money for team for players getting hat tricks in Winnipeg we got treated to that while we were watching the TSN feed of the game tonight and he just was all over the place and had so many open looks and ended up with the hat trick. The Blackhawks did make it interesting late. They were down three goals, ended up cutting that to just a goal deficit, thanks to some really strong play by some of their uh, big guys out front. We will talk about them later, but ultimately they were not able to take home the W tonight, and Winnipeg was able to escape with the two points. So, Since we've been trying to kind of balance the good and the bad on this show lately, we're going to unfortunately have to start with the bad because the Blackhawks did lose the game. And so the very first thing we have to bring up is just how bad the Blackhawks have been lately in the first period of hockey games, and tonight was no exception. They ended up giving up two very early goals to the Winnipeg Jets tonight. They were put into a hole early. Pat Boyle from NBC Sports Chicago had a really good stat during the uh, post-game show that in their last five games, we've been talking about how the Blackhawks have been kind of getting outplayed late in games. Lately, that hasn't necessarily been the case, and tonight was definitely a reversal of that as the Blackhawks gave up the two goals. The Blackhawks, in their last five games, have been outscored 13-3 in the first period of games. They've been getting off to really slow starts out of the gate, gave up two goals tonight within the first four minutes of the contest, and it just was kind of an uphill fight from there. And obviously, they showed a lot of heart and a lot of grit and fighting back from some of that tonight, but you can't keep going down multiple goals early on in games, especially in a hostile building where Winnipeg just seems to play really well. They really seem to have their power play in order in that building. They were talking about that on the radio broadcast a little bit tonight how the the Jets just dominated possession when they had the man advantage, and they did and You saw that repeatedly in that game that the Jets would have these long sustained possessions on the power play, and that crowd just speeds them and it's so hard to kind of counteract that and the Blackhawks just they weren't able to do it tonight and that was obviously one of the big downfalls was they let the crowd get into that game early another thing that definitely needs to be addressed is the fact that the Blackhawks still are making just these repeated dumb miscues these errors that they should not be making I'm talking about your turnovers whether it was Gustav Forsling giving the puck away and allowing a goal in the first period of the game You had Eric Gustafson hand the puck directly to Ehlers in the third period and allow him to skate in uncontested for his hat trick goal. You had Jan Ruda doing whatever it was that he was doing on Patrick Line's second goal, the power play goal in the third period. It was just repeatedly these young guys making these just really bad mistakes. But as we've said, repeatedly on this podcast it isn't just limited to the youngsters because there were a couple of bad plays by veterans too and one that really stood out to me was the defensive positioning of Jonathan Tabes on Ealer's second goal of the evening if he didn't see the play the Jets ended up bringing the puck into the zone there was a Blackhawks defender who was way in back because he was kind of caught a little bit on a line change The other four players were basically all below the faceoff dots. And if you know how an NHL rink is laid out, that's not how you're supposed to do it. And Jonathan Taves was right there in the middle, basically showing Corey Crawford a high definition view of his behind is essentially what ended up happening giving Ehlers all the space in the world he needed to make a cup of soup, knit a blanket, perhaps, whatever it was, he had plenty of time to do it. He was able to pick his spot and beat Corey Crawford. It was just a really bad play by Jonathan Taves and just a really careless one. Like, it's not often that you're going to see Jonathan Taves make mistakes even, but to make one that's that egregious and ends up costing you that badly and it's that noticeable... You can't be doing that. And Jonathan Taves, I know, is probably going to look at film of this game and just be bamboozled that he ended up doing something like that. Finally, I did want to bring up our fav- one of our favorite punching bags. <laughs> I can't always just pick on Brandon Manning, guys. <sighs> Jan Ruda, guys, he had a pretty solid night in the Corsi department tonight. Decent possession player, has a little bit of speed out there, obviously, but just making so many silly mistakes this season. Just basically going out of his way to kind of prove time and time again they kept the wrong What is it? Is he Czech? Slovak? I don't know. I am really bad at European geography. All I know is they probably should have kept Michael Kempney over Jan Ruda. Just going to throw that out there and put that over here. Now, I've had enough of beating up on the Blackhawks tonight. They only lost the game by a point. Or by a goal, sorry. I was looking at a football score. I swear I know the difference between points and goals and all that stuff. Uh, the Blackhawks only lost by a goal, so I do have to point out some really good things and some things that I thought were really interesting, and that's kind of where we'll start to transition into the good because I don't know if you guys noticed this. In the last minute or so of the game, when the Blackhawks had Corey Crawford pulled. I noticed who he had Jeremy Colladin had out on defense. He didn't have out Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. He had out Eric Gustafson and Gustav Forsling, two defensemen who have some liability in that area of the ice to be, to be sure, but... They're both excellent offensive players, and that's exactly what you need in that situation. And the Blackhawks just really did a good job of keeping the puck in the zone and keeping that possession going and giving themselves at least an opportunity to potentially score a game-tying goal in that situation. I thought that was a really smart move by Jeremy Colleton to have those two guys out there. Sure, they give up a you know, odd man rush or something because they make a defensive, you know, miscue or something, that's fine. When you're down a goal, that kind of stuff is understandable. It's probably going to end up happening because you're pressing so hard to try to score a goal. So I, I give Colliden a lot of credit for recognizing that in that situation, you don't necessarily need your veteran savvy guy to be able to keep the puck in the zone or to make a defensive play or whatever. You need guys who are going to put the pedal to the metal and go with the net and try to score that goal. And that's exactly what he did. And even though it didn't work out, I wanted to give Jeremy Colladin credit for that, to be sure. Another thing that you noticed in the game, and I'm sure I noticed it too, was the third line play. Just an absolutely outstanding. Standing game for those guys. You basically can look at any measure under the sun, and you can be really impressed with what the Blackhawks were able to do with that third line tonight. You had John Hayden, Dominic Cahoon, and David Camp who were your top three possession players, all above seventy-one percent Corsi. That is outstanding to see. All three of them were making plays all over the ice, and it wasn't just speed. Like, with Dominic Cahoon, you're used to him using his speed to make plays. David Camp has showed some really good hands and elusiveness his last couple of games. John Hayden's kind of your physical guy. All three of them showed all of those... Characteristics at different points tonight. And I thought there were several instances where David Camp just had really good physical play along the boards to free up the puck. Or John Hayden would end up getting the puck in space and moving it really effectively and quickly to kind of set up a possession. Or even Dominic Cahoon. Going to the front of the net and scoring a goal. That's the kind of stuff that we've been asking the Blackhawks to do all season long. And David Kampf and all of those guys were able to do it tonight. And I loved it. I love that line. Really hope Jeremy Colladin keeps that line together. Because frankly, I think that it's one of the best things that he's done as coaches. To put those three kids together. And I think that there will be obviously plenty of moments where they maybe make a mistake or two here and there. But I think overall... That line showed me something tonight. And it showed me they showed me something in a lot of different areas. And it was absolutely fantastic. One more thing I wanted to get to before we get to the three stars of the game is I did want to shout out Alex DeBrinkett for that insanely awesome athleticism that he showed on the goal that made the game six to five. The kick to the stick, the jump, the pass, then the fall to the ice, all of that was so incredibly athletic. It was so great to see Alex Dobrynkit make that play, and kudos to Patrick Kane and Artem Anisimov for finishing that play off as well. Really good pass from Patrick Kane, and what else can be said about that shot from Anisimov? He got it at a really bad angle down near the goal line, still able to lift it up over Connor Hellebuck, and it was a really well-executed play by all three players, and I just have to give them... A ton of credit for that play. And in that vein, I am going to go ahead and give Alex DeBrinkit my third star award for the game for that assist. Didn't have a great night possession-wise, but he still has that ability to make that big play at that big moment because he's got such stupid athleticism, such wonderful hands, and he's just a really fun hockey player to watch. And he's been bouncing all over this lineup and he's been struggling at times lately, but I thought maybe just maybe, that can be something that can kind of get him kick and get him sparked and going in the right direction. So he's going to be my third star of the game. My second star of the game, got to give it to Dominic Cahoon. Had a really good goal tonight. Really liked what I saw from him at both ends of the ice. His speed adds such an element to this team, and he's always got a nose for the puck, and I've really liked his development at times he's had some setbacks he's kind of gone back and forth but I like the overall trend of where he's going and I think that he can be a pretty solid player for this team if they just give him kind of a chance to develop and really find his role in all of this and then my first star of the game I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it to David Camp who just for the second game in a row absolutely blew me away with his elusiveness, his willingness to go into the corner and win pucks, his hands, his everything. David Camp played a really good game tonight, really noticeable for the Blackhawks, and I really wish they were winning some games right now because I think that he'd be getting a lot more attention, and rightfully so. He's had a really good uh, little stretch of play here. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to the show before, or even if you have, and you're noticing that we just did these three stars, that's because we have a new sponsor, guys. That three stars segment was brought to you by Michael Elwood from Remax First Service. Was at the event the other night, had a really good time meeting him, and obviously everybody else out at Rabbit Brewing. So shout out to Remax First Service, awesome place to go if you're in the market for real estate, which. Hey, you know what? We all are at some point, aren't we? So those were the three stars brought to you by REMAX. Also wanted to give one more shout-out to Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois for putting on an outstanding event and having some outstanding beer that I drank probably too much of on Tuesday night. But is there really a such thing as too much beer? I don't think so. Also wanted to give a shout-out to Triple Threat Sports. You got to call Chris if you want your hockey jerseys, your winter classic jersey, which, by the way got mine looks outstanding in person so definitely call them big thanks to them for donating the Stan Makita autographed jersey that we gave away at our event on Tuesday night that was part of our grand prize and we made one lucky person very happy to win that jersey also want to give a shout out to Marishkas who probably had the highest value raffle basket of the night they Put so much booze into that basket. It was absolutely unbelievable. Big shout out to the Zadralovich family and everybody that helped out with that and gave a gift card to the lucky winner. It was absolutely awesome. I put in raffle tickets for it. Really bummed I didn't win it. Oh, well, maybe next time. And finally, of course, have to give a shout out to Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe, who just has some of the absolute best food in the entire world and they have 120 different beers you probably shouldn't drink them all in one night but you can probably give that a little bit of a shot go in like three or four bursts get that 120 card uh, punch card done get your name on the wall get the t-shirt get the glory That's all that matters, and that is all the time we are going to have for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post-game show. Jay and I will bring you, at some point in the very near future, hopefully, a full edition of the podcast. We're going to talk about plenty of stuff, talk a little bit still about the Nick Schmaltz trade, going to talk about Scott Darling being put on waivers by the Carolina Hurricanes, Going to talk about Dustin Bufflin not playing. T- We're going to talk about so much stuff. You guys aren't even going to know what hits you when we do this podcast. But until then, I am James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. Thank you guys very much for listening to this post-game edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities with over hundred million available color combinations and Bose personal plus system in the boldly new 2021 Nissan kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealer. See dealer for details. Introducing touch free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay.